At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Today, we invite you to tune into our current series, Built for More, Church Beyond the Weekend, where we will see what the Psalms teaches us about how life is enriched when we live and serve in community with our church family. You know, it's, it's interesting to think about the things that we are afraid of, and hopefully, by now, many of us have outgrown our childish fears. Right, we we've gone to the we've opened up the closet enough times in the middle of the night to know that the boogeyman's not there, right? Or we've looked underneath our bed and we're no longer afraid of. Hopefully, we're no longer afraid of that. But fear can be crippling. Fear can be overwhelming. And when we are afraid, it's important to understand uh, just what's going on in our lives. Now, I want us to to, to begin as we're going to be talking about fear today. I want us to make a um, just a a difference between being afraid and being in fear. You know, I think the the response of being afraid is a God-given response. I don't think there's anything wrong with initially feeling the feeling of being afraid because that's God's protection in our life, right? Like if if I walked into uh, the forest and I see a lion there, if I'm not afraid, right, if I don't feel that, it might not get my adrenaline running so that I can run and get out of there to be safe, Right? So the, there's a way in which being afraid is, can be good, but there's also a way in which we allow fear to enter in and take place inside of our hearts. And when it takes place inside of our hearts, it does something to us. It, it, it paralyzes us and it overwhelms us so that we feel like we can't move. We feel like we can't go on and we feel like we can't live the life that God has given us. And when we live in that place, that place is a sinful place. That's a place where we've stopped trusting in God and started focusing in on all kinds of other difficulties around us. And so today, I want us to look at God's approach or God's antidote to fear, especially in these days where we live. You know, we live in days where it's super tempting to be fearful. Right, many many have to fight being fearful about finances, or maybe there's this in the season where there's differing levels of fears towards the coronavirus, right? And there's different types of fears about what's school going to look like in a couple of weeks, and what the future holds, and what's going to happen after the election. And if you're not careful, you can be completely overwhelmed with fear during this season, and even throughout life. And maybe you're here today, and you're walking through a season of fear where you're like, I just don't even know where my next breath is going to come from. And you're just so overwhelmed and you've walked all of these days and it's just been super challenging. Well, you know, many adults today have developed a more sophisticated kind of fear than the type of fear we had when we were kids. You see, psychologists have have a name for this type of fear and they call it catastrophizing, catastrophizing where you take, you have irrational thoughts about the future, where you imagine the future in its worst, right? Not the best case scenario, but you look at every simple scenario and you immediately go to the worst case scenario as though a catastrophe is waiting. A catastrophe is just around the corner. And what this looks like is the person that's been dating someone for a long time and then they just break up. And then as they're in this moment of breakup, they begin uh, visualizing the future and they, they see that no one's going to ever love them again, and they'll never be in a relationship, they'll never get married, they'll never have kids, they'll never have grandkids, and they'll never have anyone to grow old with, right? That's this 
catastrophizing the future, where we look at the future and there's no hope, there's nothing out there. It's, it's the mom that texts their daughter that knows that she's out driving and she texts the daughter or calls the daughter and the daughter doesn't respond. And then the, the mom or the parent begins to, to think about the worst case scenario. Oh, my, my child has flipped over in a car and she's hanging uh, by her seatbelt with her head all gutty, bloody and everything else is going on and, and worst case scenario. Or it's the, the guy that just, just gets a brand new job. And he's in this new job and he, he knows that he's, he begins to feel that he's not qualified for the job and he begins to, to feel that someday they're going to find out that he's a fraud and that he doesn't know everything that he th- says that he knows and, and he's overwhelmed by all of that. You guys catch my drift? Anybody guilty of being that doomsday person that's like, you don't have to raise your hand, but <laughs> some of you at home are like, yeah, that's me because you're in the comfort of your home. But it's, it's, it's tempting to do that these days, right? We, we see the current situation and we think the future is just holding catastrophe for, for us. And let me tell you, the biggest problem with that is whenever you find yourself doing that, the problem is you're envisioning a future where God is not present, Right? You're envisioning a future where where God does not have your back, where God is not fighting your battles for you, where God is not going before you. You're envisioning a future, and you're living in sin now because you're not trusting the God of the future. And so today, I want us to, to look at God's word And I want us to see how we as Christians, God's children, how we can keep our fear in check and how we can make sure that we're walking and we're trusting in God and not giving ourselves over to fear. Today, we're going to continue our series uh, entitled Built for More. You know, we've been walking through Psalms for the past several weeks and and we reset the series two weeks ago. And today, I want us to look at the need that God has for us to gather in groups that God doesn't want us to live our lives in isolation, but that God wants us to live together. So if you have a Bible, I want you to take it out and turn with me to Psalm 124. Psalm 1 and 24 is we're going to see God's antidote that he gives us for fighting fear so we don't have to live fearful lives. Let's read this psalm together. Psalm 124 begins in verse 1, and it says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers, and the snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. What a beautiful promise that we have from the Lord. And over the next few minutes, I want us to dive in together to this passage. Now, what I want us to see, first of all, again, this is a psalm, and it was written in, this is one of those psalms of ascent that we talked about last week, that are intended to be used as the people of God are ascending back to Jerusalem from their various villages to worship the Lord. Now, he's telling us the context of this is in community, 
The context of being reminded about us not fearing is in the context of community. Because see, the problem is, is when we live in isolation, when we, we withdraw ourselves from community, specifically Christian community, what begins to happen is we begin to think that we're all alone. We, we begin to think that we're fighting the battle all by ourselves, that no one understands the pain that you're going through. No one's walked the scenario that you're currently walking through. And so you begin to think that you're all alone because you are all alone. And we gotta remember and think that this, is, this teaching is given in the context of community. What's the best place to fight fear? Well, the nation of Israel was told the best way to fight fear is to gather together. And specifically, one of the greatest ways that they were fighting fear is in the home. It is the father that would lead out singing these songs to the kids. The father would be discipling the kids to say, you don't have to fear. It's the dad that's taking the place in his family and saying, we trust in God. There's no reason to fear. Now, I love this psalm because when we gather together, it gives us the opportunity to recount the favor of God. It gives us the opportunity in community to rehearse God's love for us and remind ourselves over and over and over again that God is with us. Now, as we look at this psalm, this psalm is going to to be a different type of reasoning that David has done in other psalms. Typically what David does in his, his, way, his rationale of trusting in God is that he looks back to the past and he says, let's look to see how God has been faithful to deliver us in the past. Remember how God was faithful to deliver me from the lion. God, remember how God was faithful to deliver us from, from Goliath. God, remember, we remember how you were faithful. And so what he normally does is says, let's look back to see how God has been faithful so that we know that he can be trusted today. That's how David normally does it. But today, the psalm, David goes a little bit different. He gives us a new weapon in our arsenal. He says, David says, he looks back to the past and looks at the disaster that could have come. He says, the disaster that could have come, but God was faithful to not have us walk through those disastrous days. So instead of imagining a godless future, that's a total disaster, Psalm 124 imagines a God-filled past where disaster never came. Where all kinds of things could have gone wrong, but they didn't. The nation of Israel and David himself could have fallen off a cliff. They could have gone down the wrong way, but God was faithful. He was on their side. And when we look back and we see how all the things could have gone wrong, it gives us a stronger conviction and a certainty that God is with us today. So today, as we look at this psalm together, as we dive in deep, I want us to see with God on our side, we have nothing to fear. With God on your side, you have nothing to fear. We're going to look at three truths today that help us to understand that how do we fight this uh, fear in the context of community. The first thing that we're going to see through verses one through five is that we are to ponder together the favor of God. When we gather together, we ponder the favor of God. I love this phrase. It starts off in verse one. It says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, and then, he's, then this, this call now is to live in community and to confess this in community. If, he, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when the people rose up against us, they would have swallowed us up alive with their anger. 
when it was kindled against us. The flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then we would have gone the raging waters. You see, Psalm 24 looks back and imagines disasters that could have come if God were not with them. Instead of uh, imagining a godless future that's a total disaster, imagine a God-filled past where those disasters never came. If the Lord had not, was not on our side, is what David is saying. If God was not on our side, we surely would have met ruin. If God was not on our side, we would have surely failed. So the first thing that we need to do when we're conquering our debilitating, paralyzing Fear is to look back and see that God has spared you from a lot of other calamity. If God was not on your side, can you look back in your life and remember those times that you were facing certain disaster and if God had not been on your side, it would have been devastating. I mean, look at, look at the way David pictures this. It says, when people rose up against us, they would have swallowed us alive. Now, I don't know anything that's more terrifying than being eaten alive, right? That, that's terrifying, right? To, to, to still have parts of your body alive where other parts of your body are, are being torn away and being eaten, that, that's scary, right? Like, that's some scary stuff. And so what David's saying is, if the Lord had not been on our side, those that would seek to do harm against us would have devoured us just like that. They would have swallowed us alive. And then we see there's also other kinds of dangers. And then the flood would have swept over us. I don't, again, I don't know another uh, scary way to die than to be drowned, Right? Like, that's scary to just, to just walk into the situation and then realize that, that you're still alive and you're going deeper into the water and you can't get oxygen even though you're trying. And every time you open your mouth, try to get air, more water comes into your lungs and then you slowly stop breathing. Like, that's scary. And the last picture we see, it would have gone over us. This water would have gone over us like raging waters. Have you ever seen a tsunami? Like, imagine being on the street and the tsunami's coming straight for you. I can't imagine another scary way to die than that. Than to be grasping, trying to grab hold of something that can pull your head out of water, but you're being pushed and you're powerless to save yourself against the forces of nature. Like, David is saying, if God had not been our side, that would have been our past. That would have been the cause of our past. That would have been our demise. And you can almost go to almost any book in the Old Testament and you could see that the people of God always had enemies. They were con cont uh, constantly being tempted to fear political leaders. They were constantly being tempted to fear armies. They were constantly being tempted to fear uh, of different um, cultural situations. They were constantly being tempted to fear when nature all around them was, was going to pot. They were constantly being tempted to fear. And even as David gives us this terrifying picture of what could, what could have happened, we see that it never did. Israel and the children of God faced certain death every day, and God spared them from calamity. What a powerful weapon to look back and think, if God was not on your side, what would have happened? I, I did that just a little bit this week. 
I did this in my own life. And I, and I started saying, okay, God, if you had not been on my side, what would have happened? And this is my story. If God had not been on my side, I could have been aborted. If the Lord had not been on my side, I could have remained an orphan. If God had not been on my side, I would never have known his true love. If God had not been on my side, then I could have been angry and become self-destructive when my mom died and my dad abandoned me. If the Lord had not been on my side, instead of turning to him, I could have turned to drugs or alcohol or women to help me deal with the pain and loss. If God had not been on my side, I might have gone from one broken relationship to another broken relationship to another broken relationship. If God had not been on my side, I would not be able to stand before you today. The reason I'm able to stand before you today is because God has been on my side. He has been protecting me from calamity. He's been protecting you from calamity. The reason that you're here today is because God has got your back. God has been protecting you. Yeah, you may have walked through some difficult times and may, you may be walking through a very challenging season right now and you may be asking the question, God, where are you in the midst of all of this? But I want you to understand that it could be a lot worse. If God was not on your side, it would be a lot worse. But because God is on our side, he is protecting us from all kinds of danger. How do we know that God is, how do we get God to be on our side? Generally speaking, there is the grace of God that goes out over all people. The, the Bible says that the, the sun rises and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So God is generally gracious to all people. God is specifically gracious to those who come to know him as Father. And the way that we have a special kind of love and a special kind of protection is through Jesus. You see, you and I are born with a problem. We're born with a sin problem where we look at God and we don't want God to have control over our lives and so we rebel against God. And the Bible calls that sin. And there's a consequence for sin. The consequence of sin, not only do we feel the repercussions of sin now, but the Bible says if we uh, go to eternity and we're still living in our sins, then we experience torment for eternity in a place called hell, where the wrath of God is continually poured out on us. Now, the Lord loves us so much that he doesn't want us to go to that place, so God sent a provision for us through the person Jesus, who was fully God and fully man. Jesus came and lived a perfect life on this earth, obeying the Father every step of the way. But Jesus came with a mission. Jesus came with a mission to go to a cross where he was gonna be the sacrifice for all sin. On the cross, all of the sin of the world was placed on Jesus. Your sin and my sin was placed on Jesus and he paid the penalty for that. And then he died and God saw that his sacrifice was enough. So he arose, him, arose, he arose from the dead. And now the Bible says if we believe in what Jesus has done, then his sacrifice, his blood that was spilled can cover our sins and we could be at peace with God. And when we're at peace with God, the Bible says that we become a child of God. And God has a special kind of love for us. He has more grace. He has more mercy. He has more love for us when we come to him. And when you have the God of the universe on your side, nothing can touch you. I pray today that you are already a child of God, that you've come to consider the person of Jesus and you have surrendered your life to him and saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. 
But if you haven't, today you can by just trusting him in your heart and following him. So the first thing that we do together is we ponder together the favor of God. The second thing that we do is we praise God together, we battle fear together, is that we praise God for his protection. Look at me in verses six and seven. He says, blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. As I've said, with God on our side, we have nothing to fear and that leads us to praise. That's why it says blessed. This word blessed that starts this, this verse is just as we remember how God has, has kept us in the past and how God has, has kept us from calamity in the past, the, the response that naturally comes is praise. Because we're reminded that it is this God that has done it for us, for his glory, but he has saved us. And so we receive the benefits of that. And so we respond in praise. It's a celebration. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord that has not given us over to the teeth of the prey, right? That, that has not given us over as the, the prey is seeking to devour us and swallow us alive. The Lord has, has protected us from those teeth. And then he gives us another metaphor of a bird, a bird that's about to be trapped, but it escapes. What a beautiful picture of vulnerability. That, that bird is helpless, but what we see is not only the, the bird that is, is tempted or, or sometimes wanders into the snare, we see that God has gone before and he's, he's rendered that snare powerless because the snare is broken. Brothers and sisters, we walk among snares every single day. Every single day, there are all of these, these possible dangers that we encounter and God has rendered them powerless. Why? Because he has an amazing protection around us. Let me, I want to illustrate this just for, for a moment, just so that you can really see this in, in a visible way about the way that the God protects us and the protection that we have from our great and loving God. He promises protection. So let's just see for a moment. Imagine this paper towel is you, all right? You're, you're a piece of paper towel ready to absorb whatever's around you. And let's imagine this uh, bucket of water here represents the world. And we know that we are immersed in the world. So what happens to us when we are immersed in the world? We take on all the things of this world. We take on the dangers. We take on the desires. We take on the thirst. We take on all of those things. And what we're left with is a soggy rag. Now, for those that are in Christ, we have this promise of being in Christ. This represents Jesus, and this represents our protection. And what I want us to see is that even though we are protected, we're still called to live inside of the world. But look at the protection that God has for us. We're in the world, but the world is not doing any kind of damage to us. We're in the world. It's all around us. Snares are all around us, seeking to devour us, seeking to tempt us, seeking to take away our faith in the Lord. But look at this. Completely dry. Completely untouched. Completely untainted. Completely undamaged by the world. This is the protection that we have in God. Praise God 
for that. You would not be the person you are today had it not been for the protection of God and his love for you. He is powerful to save you. He is powerful to sustain you. He is powerful enough to keep you going in those moments, in those days when you feel like you can't. Do you know how often we could fall into the snares of, the, of Satan? Do you understand how, how close we are that we walk every single day? I, I want to do a, a quick overview of some of the snares that the Bible talks about, the dangers that you and I face every single day that the Lord has rendered powerless in our lives. Here are a couple. We, we are, are tempted to the snares of false gods. We're tempted to... Um, to give the wrong allegiances. We're tempted towards evil work. We're tempted towards people's evil schemes against us. We're tempted to live in the snare of our own words or friendships with persons that are given into anger. We're um, people aware of fear of man is one of them, the desire to be rich. We're tempted in snares around us to be bent towards violence and evil. It's very quickly that we, we see this every single day that, that uh, the, the temptations for, uh, in this world for finances and money and power and prestige and, and relationships and all these things, those things are snares all around us, but God has promised that he can protect us. The snare is broken and we have escaped, so praise him. If, if you are a man or a woman here and you are married and you have been faithful to you, your spouse to this day, the reason that you've been able to do that is because God has been faithful. God has been faithful. Because the temptations have been there. They've been there every single day of your life. You turn on the TV, temptations are there. You walk around, the temptations are there. And so with our faithfulness today, let us be reminded that it wasn't necessarily our faithfulness that, that willed us to do that, but it was God's protection in our lives. So let's praise him. Finally, there's one more thing that we get to enjoy in our groups together. And the third thing is to put your trust in God. Putting our trust in God is the next thing that we need in order to fight fear. Look at verse 8. He says, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Again, as we look at this, the context of this psalm, I want us to see, do you see it's plural? Everything is in the context of community. We see words like our, if the Lord was not on our side, us, we, our, us. Again, it's in the context of community. All of these things we are to do together because it encourages us as we walk this life. This is why life groups are so important. Because it's, it's important to come on, on a Sunday morning and gather. We get some of the benefits of this because we are reminded, because we sing that God is faithful, God is loving, God is gracious, God is merciful, and we see that. But, but there's something different because we don't always get to know what your pains and struggles are. Right? This isn't necessarily a two-way conversation. I, I get a lot of talking, you do a lot of listening. Right? And so it doesn't give us a lot of opportunity, but inside of a group, you get a chance to talk with people that you can tell about the stuff that you're, that's going on in your life, the challenges that you're facing and all of that. And together in a group, you get a chance to talk about that and be reminded that God is faithful. You have the, the histories of all the people in the group of God's faithfulness in their life. And I don't know anyone that's, that's walked into a group that's been struggling with something, met with the group, and then not left encouraged. 
right? Because we're reminded we are not alone, that there are others walking these days with us. And so the, the challenge is, is to trust in the Lord, to live lives of trust. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our response is to trust. We have fear, and the way we deal with fear is we bring it into the community and we say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm kind of afraid. And then we remember how bad it could be had God not been on our side. God is on your side. And that leads us to praise, but then that also leads us to trust. And here's the biggest thing about trust. I I love little babies. But there's something special about little babies. Have you ever looked at a little baby's hand? What does a little baby's hand naturally do? It's naturally closed, right? Sometimes it's clenched, sometimes it's like this, but babies don't live their, live their lives like this, right? They, 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 they live their lives with, with clenched hands. And so many times we never move beyond that from our babiness. We, we're looking for things to naturally hold on to to keep us grounded, right? We're looking for things that we can control. We're looking at, at things that, that, that tangible things that will give us peace in the sense of the storms that we walk through. And what Jesus is telling, what God is telling us here is that we put our faith and trust in the Lord by walking through the storms like this. I'm not holding on to anything. Nothing in this world is going to satisfy me. Nothing in this world is going to keep me safe. The only thing that's going to keep me safe is by reaching out to my heavenly father because he's going to do it. Why? Because he made the heavens and the earth. If he made the heavens and the earth, he's powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth. He's powerful enough to rescue me from my storm. Do you believe that? And here's the challenge about this. I know we, we walk these days and, and your, your day may look like this, where you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I release it to you. And then you walk out of your bedroom and you start to do this again. And you start to do this again. And then the pain and the fear begins to overwhelm you again. And then by lunchtime, you're like, and then what you need to do is you do this again. Say, okay, God, I give it back to you. I trust you. And then you, you start doing this again and you start doing this again. But imagine if you would do that process in the group of people. We're surrounded by people that are walking through life just like you. And when they see you start doing this, like, brother, hold your hands up. Trust in the Lord. Remember, trust in the Lord. He's got you through in the past. He's gonna get you through this now. And together, you're not alone. And so how much easier it is when you're in a group, when people are reminding you, hold your hands, or even how easy it is for a group when you can't hold your hands up yourself. When you've got a brother on your left and a brother on your right that's lifting your hands up for you. This is why we do this in community. Because we can't do it alone. You can't live the Christian life and and battle fear on your own. God has designed us to live as family. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for how my church family has walked with me through difficult times in the past. I don't know where I would be without my church family. I pray you feel the same way. So today, as we come to a time of close, I just want to encourage you, what is gripping your heart with fear these days? If, if there's something specific that's gripping your heart with fear, what is your response today? Be reminded that God has saved you in the past and the ways that he saved you in the past. That he's faithful today, but then respond in trust. Let go of it. And just say, God, take this giant that's in my life and slay it. 
take this fear that's in my life over the future and slay it. Let me not be a person of fear, but let me be a person of faith. We need to be people of faith, especially in this time. The world is going crazy and people are losing their minds and Christians should not be among that group. There's no reason for us to run around like a chicken with our head cut off. Why? Because we know the God that has made the heavens and the earth and he has ordained everything and nothing is gonna happen in your life that has not been ordained by God for his, for your benefit and for his glory. It may mean you walk through a time of suffering and that's okay because suffering gives us more of the heart of God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for this truth today. What an amazing teaching. What, what an amazing weapon that you have given us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we do not have to be people of fear, but that we can have faith and that you've given us the church as the opportunity, as our community, as our people, as our family to walk together with. Father, I'm aware that there are some here today that are so overwhelmed with fear right now that they were barely able to make it into this building today because they're so afraid. And there may be some at home that are sitting on their couches that are still so afraid. Father, allow the truths of this passage to renew hope, to renew strength. May we take the promises that you've given us today and believe them and live in them today. Father, now as we sing this song, as it is a reminder of your faithfulness in our lives, may we sing it and may we be resolved to believe it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head over to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself to us today.